Welcome to the Manor. Welcome back to the Twin Terrors Macabre Manor of Mead, Metal, and Mayhem. I'm Jody. And I'm Two Gun Bob. Oh, sorry. <clears throat> I'm James. And, <laughs> and we're going to be talking was about two. two <laughs> we're going to be two gun or two fisted. Well, the Marvel Comics, when they did redid the Conans again, they always had these little biographical comics in the back about the adventures of Two Gun Bob. Was that Marvel? Or Dark Horse? <laughs> that might have been the Dark Horse. Those could have been the Dark Horse ones. Okay. The Dark Horse. Okay. Version. I know. I, I, yeah. I, I was trying to remember if it was Two Gun or Two Fisted. Anyway, I do remember those little biographical. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. We're going to be talking about. <laughs> Sorry, Robert. I interrupted. <laughs> Everybody knows it's about Robert E. Howard anyway. <laughs> so. Walk yeah. Prentice Night, knocked, nicked, Witch's Night, is just around the corner, uh-huh. and we we thought about doing an actual Witch's Night, we'll put her just nicked episode, with we're talking about the actual thing and the stuffs and the what's not, and and our friend Emily uh-huh. was going to do a, an interview with us because because she's a witch, and stuffs, but then we both decided Jody and I that we we didn't want to do research on it this year. So, uh, not because <laughs> it's not too much other stuff going on right now. <laughs> yeah, it's it's not that it's not worthy. It's so worthy, we didn't feel like we had the time to do it justice. I mean, right. at least that, that's yeah. what I'm going to go with. That's a, you know, I, you're right. I mean, yeah, if we're going to do it, might as well do it right instead of yeah. half-assed like we normally do. <laughs> <laughs> and now a man with three buttocks. <laughs> <No>. uh, <laughs> Yeah, sorry, I've been watching Wait, a lot what? of Monty, been watching a lot of Monty Python getting ready for those. <laughs> yeah. So, stories we're going to talk about here in a second. I read these at Halloween, and I thought, well, these, these would be good episodes. And I thought, ooh, well, they, they might be good for Witches' Night. So instead of an actual Witches' Night, instead, an episode on the Toad Cults of Robert E. Howard. Woo-hoo. Oh, wait, that's not how toads sound. <laughs> Could, they could toad gods could could sound like it that could be two things yeah, yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> robert e howard had a couple specific i'm just jumping in here now <laughs> i feel like sure. i feel like graham chapman should be coming up this sketch has become entirely too silly <laughs> so uh-huh <laughs> there are a few specific stories that robert howard um i'm gonna call him bob from now on just because i want to there are a few of his stories, short stories, that I will talk about in a second. But first, I'm going to talk about the evil black book, nameless cults, the Unaussprechlichen Kulten, as it is in the original yeah. German written by Friedrich Wilhelm von Jutz in 1839, Dusseldorf. Yes. English edition by Braidwell in London in 1845 was a horrible translation, so not very useful. True. And an abridged version yeah, was it published. Was, it was abominable. <laughs> Wait, was, it, was the translation abominable or was the book abominable? Yes. It could be two things. <laughs> it could be two things. I've uh, been drinking a lot today. I'm not sure I've said abominable now three times without fucking that up. <laughs> <laughs> I, me either. <laughs> me either for you or for you. Wait, for me or for you? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it, can, it can be two things. 
<laughs> it is two things. <laughs> uh, moving on before I start doing the Bugs Bunny <laughs> abominable snowman. <laughs> uh, there's also an abridged version published in New York through Golden Goblin Press in 1909. Though it was expensive and also useless because it was uh, abridged. Like, like I had yeah, said. I was going to say, what's the point? Not much. And, and that is one of the reasons for these stories. See, Howard and H.P. Lovecraft and August Derleth and, and like there's this group of people and they all actually would talk about the Necronomicon and and they all ended up using bits of pieces of gods and books and things with each other. Yes. And all, this, these, all these books, by the way, were made up. <laughs> yeah, I actually bought the Necronomicon uh, back in the 80s at Walden Books. Which one? Because uh, so, there were several editions. Yeah, I don't know. I <laughs> I got it and I'm reading it. I'm like, well, I don't feel remotely creeped out. This cannot be the real one. <laughs> <laughs> it's because there is no real one. But yes, we. <laughs> or if it is. But these were, yeah, these were these were books created by the various authors in this writing circle, whatever. Uh, yeah. Many of whom never met face to face. Of course, corresponded through letters back in the yeah back in the 1920s and 30s, and uh, so that yeah they all had their own little little books they had created for the to 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 be parts of their stories and and they borrowed some too because I think I think Howard mentioned the Necronomicon in one or two of his stories. Yeah, yeah, he did, and uh, Lovecraft actually uh, mentions the Black Book as well. Yeah, in, yeah. A, in a later story. Well, uh, Lovecraft it appears in the Haunter of the Dark, uh, written 1935, published 1936. Okay, cool. One of, cool. One of Lovecraft's uh, last written works, I do believe. Yeah. Um, so since we're talking about Howard and Lovecraft and, and all these books, um, I'm going to throw out there, I've been reading, I'm, I've actually read most of it. I've still got the last story to read. I've, I've been reading the first issue, because I found it online, of uh, Weird Tales magazine from 1923. It's a oh. PDF cool it's been scanned in. and from what i've and i've downloaded all the issues that were on the website i sent you the link to the website yeah that yeah I, I, luminist luminist i think or whatever it was and they, they've got all sorts of pdfs of, of different pulp magazines um, throughout the decades and i think they've got all of the original print run of weird tales from 1923 to i think 1954 or 56 something like that I wanted to st I wanted to read the first issue, and neither neither Lovecraft nor Howard were in it. Um, most of these guys, actually, pretty much everybody that was in it, I had not heard of. But it's it's some interesting stuff. So um, yeah, they it, and uh, Howard and, and Lovecraft and all those guys, they all wrote for different magazines. But Weird Tales was kind of the one that they were. Uh, I think the one that they were the most famous for. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna move on from there too. That's <laughs> <laughs> total cult. <laughs> Cold cult. So uh, the Black Book, yes. also called the Nameless Cult, uh, the the Unersprechlichen Kulten was uh, Lovecraft used its term later, but it was actually August Derleth who helped Lovecraft get many of his things published. He's the one who came up with the German mm -hmm. pronunciation, and it, it can be translated as Nameless Cults, but it can also come out as unpronounceable, which also goes hand in hand with all their old gods who you can't pronounce their names accurately. True. But that's background, because like Jody said, toad cults. There are two specific short stories, um, for a given definition of short, that, uh, that Bob actually talks about these big 
toad gods and the people who follow them and everything. And, and I will say they're nice and awesomely creepy. The, I, I find uh, one of them to be a little creepier and we'll get to that in a second and how it's worded and everything. But that when you read, well, of course, if you're listening to us, you probably read Howard or Lovecraft or some of these guys. You, yeah. you will, and if you haven't, then we highly recommend it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, keep in mind, these were written in the early 1900s. You will come across, as I think we've mentioned uh, in the Lovecraft episode, uh, that yeah. uh, you will see some some issues. Yeah. Just keep it in mind when you read them that, you know, I think if they were writing today, they wouldn't, they'd have a different attitude than what they did. Yeah. Enjoy the stories. You don't have to act like that. Right. All right, so uh, well, I'm going to mention three stories, uh, just because the Children of the Night, 1931, mentions the Black Book, but does okay. not have the Toad Cult. The two Toad Cult stories are the Black Stone in 1931. Ooh, yes. Yeah, oh, yes, yes. Okay, okay. That one, yeah. Yeah, so we'll, <laughs> that, that we'll talk about in about five seconds, but the other one, which we'll talk about in Oh, the way we blather 10 minutes is it's, uh, the thing on the roof from 1932 published in weird tales. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that one, but Oh, the black stone, man, that is, that is an excellent story. Uh, I forgot sorry. that was a toad cult story though, but yes, 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 it is. It is. It is a toad cult story. Yeah. So the black stone, yeah. just, this guy's reading the book and he hears all this stuff. And he sees this thing about a black stone being mentioned in the book. And so he travels to Hungary travels to a village and he hears tell of this big black stone 16 feet high one and a half feet wide octagonal which means eight-sided right oh, you're the math person <laughs> i was waiting for you to say that <laughs> yes eight-sided <laughs> uh, but yeah uh, a, a lot of these stories start Isn't there a street sign that looks like that stop <laughs> <clears throat> so when you read these they start kind of slow but they build up and they get really good and when they get to the spooky bits yeah oh yeah very spooky yeah so he, he makes it to this village and what he finds out is that the original inhabitants were wiped out by uh, the turks a turkish invasion came through which is good because people from the past and he makes them like these stunted not human pre-human little evil types yeah. of things and and so the village those were wiped out. Yeah. To address that a little bit, I think part of that was uh, because when he, when he wrote some of his stories like about Bran McMorn, Bran was Pictish. He, he, was, he was a Pict in Scotland. Bran was, he was heroic. He was tall, muscular, this, that, and the other. But the other Picts were not. And it was because the Picts from back in the Hyborian age, when Conan was around, they were more like Bran, but they had devolved back into something more stunted, like what you said. Um. <laughs> yeah, and actually, Children of the Night, the book I mentioned where they talk about the Black Book, but they don't have a toad, is a Bran MacMorn yeah. story. Uh, so um, I'm going to move on now. And uh, so I'm going to skip Please over do. a lot of the first bits, uh, but I'll mention that the, the author, the person writing the story, the protagonist, uh, he mm -hmm. goes to this village, now inhabited by normal humans, uh, but he talks to a few people and he finds out that this black stone, he's warned against it, and the people of the village stay away from it because uh, if you sleep next to it, 
you'll have lifelong nightmares. If you actually sleep next to it at midsummer, you'll become insane and die from it. And if you try to mm -hmm. hurt it, if you try to mar it, break it, tear it down, that's why they leave it alone because you'll die then too. Yep. So, of course, the protagonist has to naturally fall asleep next to it on midsummer night. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and, um, also, yep. midsummer. Not sure I've mentioned it. The movie it came out about a year ago or so. By the time this comes out, almost be. Yeah. Thought it was a very good English yeah. folk horror movie in the realm of Wicker Man. Not as good as Wicker Man, but still very good. Sorry. So, since this is a spooky I episode, I wanted to mention that. Yeah. I still have not seen that movie, but I would like to. <laughs> so anyway, he, he falls asleep. And while he's sleeping, he wakes up. Well, you know, he, he's sleeping. He wakes up. And he's in the middle of a big orgiastic, frenzied uh, people, like sort of stunted people dancing around to, uh, I'm going to use some quotes here. I don't want to do much, but I want to give you a flavor of, of the writing here. And they're dancing <laughs> to a devil's tune. Blood trickled down the dancer's limbs. Yellow smoke, which now spread out tenuous tentacles. Slobbering ecstasy. <laughs> And, and, and during this whole thing, they're dancing and chanting. They actually sacrifice a baby. And, and then after that, yeah. they, uh, they, they start, like, the, the head That's, priest yeah. is a, not a human. It's, like, more of a like, the, the stunt that we were just talking about is whipping a young mm -hmm. woman being pushed towards the big black stone. And then suddenly he sees mm -hmm. a shape on it, and there's a huge, monstrous, toad-like thing squatted on top of the monolith. Bloated, yeah, of unstable outline, lust, abysmal greed, obscene cruelty, and monstrous evil were in its eyes. M maybe slightly over the top, but but I oh, like it. <laughs> oh yeah, but to, to kind of finish up, I'm not going to tell you what happened. You should read it. Well, I guess I yes. am going to kind of kind of tell you a little bit, but I won't tell you all of it. But he does wake up with nothing around. So he thinks it's a dream, but he's not sure it's a dream because after a little more investigation, he thinks maybe they were either he went back in time and witnessed it or they were ghosts of the people and the God. And, and then at the very end, he does name it. He just calls it the master of the monolith. But that's, that's the, the toad, the first toad. So it was a cult built up around this toad God. They worship this big bloated toad. <clears throat> You can't, you can't see me now, but I'm doing, I'm doing claws with my hands. <laughs> did, did, did you have anything to add on uh, the, the black stone? Nope. Um, I've already said what I was going to say. It's an excellent story. It is. You should read it. All right. The next one is The Thing on the Roof. Ooh. And uh, this one, the ending isn't quite so grotesque. I mean, there, there's like a paragraph at the end that's that's quite grotesque, but it doesn't have the same mm -hmm. couple pages of frenzied, orgiastic dancing with blood and sacrifice and stuffs. But it's still good. Aww. I, I know, but it's still good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the author, the writer, the protagonist is talking to, uh, it's not a friend, it's not really a colleague or ad I mean, maybe an adversary that you could tell that professionally they had a falling out some time ago but this uh gentleman named tussman uh they, they mm -hmm. worked together and tussman needed the protagonist to retrieve 
the Black Book, The Nameless Cult, because he had read in one of the not better versions of The Temple of the Toad, but this one's not in Hungary. This one's in Central America, uh, Honduras, Yucatan area. He okay. needs the original, yeah. yeah, needs the original German version to be able to go because he's heard of this thing called. He's looking for a key, uh, and this key is a jewel in the shape of a toad. And <laughs> because because he found this information about this person who found this temple, the, the Temple of the Toad. And he knew if he went there, he could get this gem, and that gem was going to be able to make him have stuff. Read the book for that part. Um, but, you know, there's a yeah. good reason why he'd want it. And, and a lot of the book is the protagonist. There's a good reason why you don't want to go get it, too. <laughs> you'll, you'll see why. <laughs> um, so at the beginning, uh, the protagonist is talking about getting the book and giving it to him and then wondering what's up. And then time passes, and he's called back to Tussman's house, and Tussman's telling him the whole story of what he had to do and where he went. And he actually made it to the Temple of the Toad. He went to a chamber with a mummy where he found the gem, the jewel, and the shape of the toad. But while he's telling him this, they're at his house, Tussman's house, and he keeps hearing noises upstairs, oh. and he's getting panicky about it. So, you know, time goes on, or they're telling the story. Then they finally, he lets the protagonist stay, the author stay for the night. And he goes to his room, and they hear this huge squeal. The, the writer and Tussman's manservant hear this huge squeal come. So... Freaks them out. They freeze because their blood congeals and they're scared for a brief second. But then the writer smashes down the door. But as he's going up there to smash it down, and here's the one quote I'll use. I heard a disgusting, squashy sound as if a great jelly-like bulk was being forced through the window. And then he hears a swish of wings. But the, he, he breaks the door. Yep. The gym is gone. And there's Tussman. His head has been crushed and flattened. Right, row. As if by a great way. Oh, wait, sorry, that was Scooby Doo. Uh, sorry, Jody got me sidetracked. <laughs> yeah, it's it's good. And so the that one builds up the suspense a lot more. And then there's a quick happening at the end. Blackstone um builds up a little bit, but then it's like really weird for a while and then it actually continues mm -hmm. after the weirdness and so the the climax happens a bit sooner and then there's a a little bit more of a conclusion, you know, cuddling kind of thing. Whereas the thing on the roof has the climax and then you're kicked out of the house. Yeah. I, I might be talking about my sex life when I was in my 20s. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I was the one who won the cuddle, sadly. So. <laughs> so you'll notice, of course, that the toads, Hungary, South America, is a the same toad god? Are they different toad gods? Do they, you know, all around the world? Do they have people in Britain and and New England and ooh? Yeah. <laughs> Probably. All those things. Probably. No, I do have a few more things. But those are the Howard toad cult. But of course, if you've read Conan stories, you'll see that other authors have taken over and other people have written the characters. Uh, but Lynn Carter, uh, actual name Linwood Vrooman Carter, born mm -hmm. 1930, just before Howard passed away, died, passed away 1988. Yep. He used the god, and he actually inserted this toad god into Lovecraft's old ones, making it one of the old gods. I uh, was not aware of that, but yeah, I could see I could see Lynn Carter doing that. And I have not read this. This just happened to be how I, I found out. 
the Fishers from mm-hmm. Outside talks about the Black Stone, just like from the Black Stone story. And that's how he made that toad oh, into okay. one of the old gods, I, I guess. And again, this now, everything up to this point, I, I feel like we've been very spot on. I have not read Lynn Carter's stuff. This is research I've read from other people, although is yeah semi-academic, so I, I'm comfortable at least saying it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm kind of the same way. Outside of the book he wrote about Tolkien and and the stuff he did for the the Ace Books Conan series, I've not really read anything of Carter's either. So, uh, but yeah, I, I I am glad that um, I, I'm glad all those guys did that stuff because it kept the characters and it kept you know Howard and Lovecraft kept their stuff going yeah you know and, and I'm like you, yeah I, like like you said had they not done this we might not have been able to read this stuff because it might not have been out there uh what the spiritual spiritual successor to weird tales magazine was yeah i i i, I uh weird tales went into um uh, oh because bradbury did this one too give me a second nope, amazing no, stories nope, nope. well that, that one was already in print Okay, then, then, then I, no, spiritual I, siblings. I, no. <laughs> Twilight Zone. Oh, well, that makes sense. Stuff like Twilight Zone and Outer Limits, those kind of stories, that's what Weird Tales was like. That's a very good point. That's very apt and apropos. Yeah. Yeah, so, the, so those kind of stories didn't go away, just the medium that they were published in, so to speak, <laughs> changed. It went from being a pulp magazine to being a weekly TV series. But that's that's very good context. Yay! <laughs> All right, you want to keep riding the tangent or finish up with the toad? Let's finish up with the toads. Cool, because we'll talk about Weird Tales and Twilight Zone in future episodes as well. Yeah. All right, so if you look Toad God Robert E. Howard up online, I can do a search for that, you'll see that the god Golgroth is mentioned, and they'll show it like this big toad god thing. Uh, so first, a couple things on that is that Golgroth is mentioned in Howard's The Gods of uh, Balsagoth, which is one of his Irishmen, Turlo de O'Brien stories. Yes. Which, and here I'm going to match it up with Conan for a second, was redone by Marvel Comics as a Conan story. So the toad god is canon and Earth 616, see the 666 episode, Canon and yes. Marvel. <laughs> That's funny. So the, the Theo and, uh, and uh, Clark Ashton Smith uh, also did oh, some of the, him. Yeah. He created a great pale toad deity called, I'm going to probably mispronounce this, South Ogwa. Uh, and he kind of likens it to this. They could all be. Spot the, on. The, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, fuck. Um, <laughs> but, but Howard never gave a name ever. Besides uh, the one I mentioned a bit ago about. I was the gonna say I didn't. Book. Yeah, yeah. No, I was no. gonna say I didn't remember an actual name. So if you consider all the writers, it could be one of those, both of those, could be the same deity, could be different toad gods. But nonetheless, there yeah. are there are old eldritch peoples. Worshipping a toad god, a bloated, evil, greedy thing with the eyes and the tongue and the bleh. Look at the bones. <laughs> That's something different. <laughs> and now for something completely different. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> wasn't even thinking of that, but yeah, that's what I should have said. <laughs> yeah. I, I have a few little tangential things that aren't complete tangents. They actually have to go with the name of okay. the Black Book. Uh, but that's actually all I have on the Toad cults and the author and stuff. Okay. So the the you have, I mean, you you've added like wonderful contextual <laughs> things. But do you I have, hope they're context because I kind of feel like they were tangents. <laughs> no, no, they 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 well they kind of both. Okay. <laughs> but they, <laughs> they, they can be two things. They, they, yeah, it could be two things. It could not exactly. <laughs> like actually, what you're talking about, like. Some of the things you mentioned, I got to skip um, two half pages, so a whole page of notes, because I'm like, what's <laughs> this? And Jody goes, oh, there goes that one. Fuck yeah. Sweet. Woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> I am good for something. <laughs> That's right. You can always serve as a bad example. <laughs> <laughs> and frequently do. <laughs> okay, so I will mention, because this is the Mead Medal of Mayhem, yes. that the Nameless cult, black book, the this specific term, the Onosprechlichen Kulten, mm-hmm. is a song by the death metal band Nile, released 2005, and this is a United States band. Yes. Uh, not a bad song. Listen to it. It's also the name of an actual band, a death metal band from Chile, Chile, but they do topics of H.P. Lovecraft and Robert Howard, and like, so for our listeners probably for some of you it's your thing and go for it yeah i do like nile i don't have a lot of nile stuff but i do have a couple albums so. yeah I, I like that song that's uh, that's the only one i've listened to. i don't I like. have that song actually i just looked and i do not have it unfortunately all right uh, I, i've got one more thing okay that's only this is a complete tangent uh the black book is how this all started yes there is a bbc tv show called black books it's not been on it's only had it's had three or four seasons Mm-hmm. The Black Books. Look it up if you like British humor. It's fucking hilarious. The main character is Bernard Black, played by Dylan Moran, uh, an Irish satirist comedian who is this curmudgeonly brilliant motherfucker in the show. Uh, <laughs> he's also in Shaun of the Dead. Oh, uh, there you uh, go. As sort of the asshole boyfriend. Uh, anyway. Oh, yeah, with the guy with the glasses? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yep, uh, Tamsin Grigg is, is the female uh, protagonist. She's been, um, honestly, can't remember anything. She's been in Doctor Who and some things, but she's great. Uh, Bill Bailey's in it, who was in the movie Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, the voice of the whale before he crashes. Um, among oh, a yeah. But that yeah. matches up with an episode we just recorded. Yes. Complete tangent, but the Black Book to Black Books, I've watched that series like three times in the past five years. It's like... <laughs> But you haven't watched one episode of Cowboy Bebop. It's not as good as Black Books. <laughs> you haven't even watched it. You don't know. <laughs> I'm making you suffer for how long it took you to watch it to read Hitchhiker's Guide. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, you know what? Your stepdaughter's into anime. Sit down and watch Bebop with her. I could. I could. Yeah, you could. You probably won't, but you could. <laughs> you, you, damn it you caught my wording <laughs> uh, most people just leave it at that hey why don't you do this i, I could do that and they, they voice inflection oh that's cool he's gonna do it no oh. <laughs> what, I, what i said was like i could <laughs> and, and i sound happy because i'm not ah <laughs> oh, you should turn your life around i could do that <laughs> Anyway, my name's going to be in the Ona Sprechlichen Coltons, if I'm not careful. (laughs) 
mean it's not. <laughs> I don't know. I can only find the fucking Golden Goblin Press American version, bastards. <laughs> Miskatonic University got to give me the permission to go down to their cellars. <laughs> and I do think this one will probably come out. Uh, yes, after our favorite HP Lovecraft. So people will get that if they haven't read Lovecraft. Okay. <laughs> yes. Anyway, we should probably stop before we just keep going. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, do you have anything to add? Nope. Awesome. Don't lick the toads. <laughs> well, in that case, um, <clears throat> I'm Two Gun James. <laughs> oh, Jody. I was hoping you'd go Two Fist to Jody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to let that one. I'm going to let that well... one toad. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm going to splice some of that to the end, so I'm just going to go with now. We'll talk to you all later. (laughs) Yeah. Bye. Bye. The Macabre Manor is brought to you by the Twin Terrors. All rights reserved. Stay tuned for some fun outtakes. 1906-1936, that guy got it written down here. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And and I'm sure we'll do an episode on him, and you'll see why he died at 30 then. Oh, yeah. I just finished off my Lake Erie Monster, and I'm going to open the Monon Porter from Broad Ripple Brewing Company that I have here. All right. Yeah, the listeners, because I knew you read it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've got it here. I did, really. I was. <laughs> <laughs> so I know he's looking for um, uh, uh, son of a bitch. I know I had it here. And we'll talk more about Weird Tales also later this year because Ray Bradbury was a big contributor yes. later. And this is his 100th birthday coming up in August. So, so I said, LOL, Google it. <laughs> man, man is the amount I care. <laughs> that much, huh? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Not even that. <laughs> uh, I was going to be very, very sacrilegious there with the Trinity. So let's move on. Probably a good idea. Right. My, just even thinking of it from across the state, my mother suddenly started to pray to Mother Mary. Well, I'm going to say it again because it's worth it. it yeah. My, my mother, bless her Catholic heart, is Catholic to her soul, bone, whatever, you know, but she's, she's a sweet one. Like, she's a Catholic that I can talk to because she's not, she's not an asshole to people. Right, um, yeah. But of course, when I turned, so for those out there who aren't Christian or don't know the background, Jesus was crucified when he's 33. Yeah. That's kind of pertinent to this story. So I, yeah, I kind of. So I turn, I'm at my parents' house. When I turn 34, I go, hey, mom, I did something Jesus could never do. I turned 34. Could be track number nine. I t- I, I'm trying to save room on my phone. and Number nine. Number nine. Shut up. Number nine. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up, Yoko. Oh no. (laughs) And and I think somebody's edited this because it now says the two bands took their name from a sketch that appeared on Monty Python's contractual obligation album. That is actually true. It was live at Drury, but they had to do the album, so it was a live show that they recorded and put out on uh, as an audio album. Nice. So yeah, it wasn't from one of the TV shows. Huh. So I did know that. I just wasn't going to be overly pedantic until you brought it up. <laughs> <laughs> but since you brought it up, I'm now sitting here in smirk mode. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you earned it. 